Thought a lot. Thought a lot today about how we're going to start this show off. There's no easy way to do it is the, the sad solution here. I wish that I could find a silver lining, and maybe throughout the night we'll start to find little, little slivers of silver linings. Maybe as we go throughout the night, it's like the Neil Brennan three mics show. Where he's like, you got to squint to see it. I, I choose to squint. You got to choose to squint to see those silver linings, to see the, the glass half full approach sometimes. Maybe we'll get there, and maybe we'll start uh, talking about DTR in a positive way. Uh, we can start talking about how having a championship defense means you're not really counted out in today's NFL. But we all know when it comes to a deep postseason run, what matters the most is the quarterback. And I know I just I, I feel a lot of ways. You know, it's a weird day. Feels like we're putting this injury up there with great tragedies of our lifetime. And what I mean by that is you remember where you were when you found out the news and everyone is retelling that today. Kind of like what we do with actual real-life tragedies. This is a sports injury. It's not a tragedy. But with real-life tragedies, we're like, you, you know where you were when, right? You know where you were when. And I might have the least interesting story of everyone is the only problem here. Everyone's telling their where were they stories. I bet Lima and Ken talk about them being on the air for that story for the next decade, I bet that's a that's one they continue to go to. Oh man, I'll never forget the day we were on the air when we got the Deshaun Watson news, and we'll have that reaction by the way coming up in the fan focus a little bit later on tonight. We have Daryl Ryder at nine as he always is on Wednesdays, and we have the fan focus at ten as it always is on Wednesdays as well. I was doing the most boring thing imaginable. In fact, you can make an argument what happened five minutes after I saw the Deshaun Watson news was a million times more interesting. We'll get to that in a second. I was in my bed. My daughter was there. We were just hanging out. There was nothing special happening. And then I got the notifications to my phone. And then, you know what? I instantly did. I said, I said to myself, I got to hear what Ken and Lima got to say on this. I got, I got to tune the guys on. And because there was a little bit of a delay in the app, you know, for cursing purposes and FCC purposes, there's a little bit of a delay. And I got the news right fresh spanking when it happened. So I put the show on, and the show is talking college football. And I'm like, guys, get to it. Get to it. And I'm like yelling at the Odyssey app as I'm waiting in anticipation to hear what they're going to say and what they're going to comment on and how they're going to react. Even though sometimes when I, I wait for sports radio hosts to comment, it's funny because I'm just i thinking, what, what would I say in this moment? What would I do in this moment? And I probably would have taken more the approach of Ken than Lima, but you know, somebody had to speak. Somebody had to make sure words got spoken, but I definitely felt more like Ken than I did Lima, where I'm like, I don't know what to say right now. I don't know what to think. Now, Lima did the, he did the hard work, right? He had to, somebody had to fill the air. So he had to, he had to put words together in what was such a stunning and shocking and surprising day. And I think it gets magnified for a couple different reasons, the shock of it all. On Monday, we knew that Deshaun Watson was getting an MRI, but we thought it was on his ankle. We didn't think about his shoulder at all. And because the Browns are so hush-hush and they have everything all tight-lipped, you get blindsides like this. Like we're in the Big Brother household. You get blindsided. That's what I feel like. I feel like I just I got blindsided with this news. And I guess maybe, maybe that is a part of and a product of how the Browns have been operating in the previous well, really, the Deshaun Watson time here, where they keep everything so close to their vest and, and so close to their chest, 
I guess vest would work too. It didn't sound right when I said it. So I, I fixed it by saying chest, but then I was like, vest works as well. Let's do that. It's both right there. It's, it's close to your heart. They both work. They keep everything so close and, and they, they guard everything. And so then you have these type of moments where you're like, Deshaun Watson's out for the regular season? I, I, this is a, a report from Ian Rappaport. I, I can't be getting duped here. I'm looking at it. It's verified. Millions of people follow that man. I know this is not fake. But it just felt all so surreal. And it was magnified by the fact that I spent yesterday with you guys hanging out. Talking about how many playoff teams there were. And how we'd gone from 13 to then 10 and then to, I called it the great eight yesterday. I can't use the elite eight. That's like trademarking purposes. I'm not going to steal from college basketball. I called it the great eight yesterday. And then I was like debating whether or not Miami should be a part of it. But I wanted four equal, four on the AFC, four on the NFC side of things. I came up with the great eight. It's like, no, I don't even have that anymore. Now I guess uh, Miami slots in. You want to, you want Miami's going to slot in with that fraudulent defense? I can't do it. They're down to a seven in heaven for all of the uh, playoff teams that I think are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And the sad part there, as I told you guys yesterday, at this point in the season, teams aren't entering that equation. They're just finding ways to knock themselves out of the equation, and we are the latest casualty. Through no fault of anybody's, we are the latest casualty. We didn't do it on the on the play of field. We didn't do it any, any sort of way that way. It was just them's the breaks. So... I'm going to find optimism in here at some point. I promise you I will. And I listen, I'm not. I think Kevin Spansky made the right call with DTR. We'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. It is just such a dumbfounding and weird Browns day. If anything, it kind of feels like this is the coldest move the world has ever done to the Browns. Whoever cursed this team... Put some witchcraft on the on the Browns. This would be the dream scenario for having the rug pulled out from underneath the fan base. You're just good enough to think you have a chance to lure as many people as possible into the mix. And now we're just going to go down the lazy river that'll be the 2023 season. And we'll see y'all in 2024 if you had dreams of hosting up the Lombardi Trophy. It doesn't mean we're dead in the water. But unless DTR turns into Dan Marino and is just awesome right away... We're more likely than not, we're the Miami Dolphins of last year. And say what you want about Skyler Thompson, but the moment they had to go with Skyler Thompson, all Dolphins fans canceled their trips to Glendale. They canceled their trips to the Super Bowl. They said to themselves, I guess we'll see you all next year. Three concussions, couldn't do anything about it. Two was just, he was sidelined and it was what it was. But that's the, that's the easy comp. It's the easy, obvious comp right now, and it's the one I've been racking my brain with because there are a couple ways to completely melt down a team and take you out of a deep postseason run. What happened with Miami last year is the same thing that just happened to us. Injury to the star quarterback. Now, the difference here is that Miami's got a fraudulent defense, as I mentioned. They're not particularly good defensively. We still have that. But this is just a, a stomach punch that I don't know I don't know what Browns fans did to have this one coming in our direction. Just good enough to think we have a chance. We beat the three best teams on our schedule. We knocked off the Baltimore Ravens. What at the time of the game for a lot of the fans in this fan base and a lot of people nationally thought was a very unlikely thing to have happen. You beat them. 
Deshaun Watson played his third straight game where he played a full game and looked good. 68% completion percentage, five touchdowns and one interception. Over the previous three, he'd been as good as we'd seen him, even with that disastrous first half of a football game that he played. And it's just an absolute punch to the stomach. I don't know how else to uh, approach it and take it. It is the most cruel thing to happen to a fan base I might ever, I've ever seen in my life. How do you have a scenario where after decades, you roll the dice, the quarterback situation is iffy after you roll the dice, but then everything starts to come together. Everything looks great. And then for 24 hours, I've been here on this radio station for seven years. Seven years is not 25 years, but seven years is still a long enough time where I can tell you I've never felt Super Bowl, Super Browns. I've never felt Super Bowl expectations, Super Bowl contenders, not just from me spitting it out, but from you guys calling in as well. Hell, I took a call last night right here on this show where it was a, it was a, it was a guy saying that his dream Super Bowl scenario would be the Browns and the Lions. He was already starting to pick off what Super Bowl team we were going to play against. As if he could reenact the Battle of the Barge in the Super Bowl. Like, that's what he was trying to do. That's where we were just yesterday, 24 hours ago. One of the biggest wins, if not the biggest win in the Kevin Stefanski era. One of the great Deshaun Watson signature games you're going to see. And undoubtedly... The very best Deshaun Watson game we've seen in a Browns uniform, if you count the magnitude of it all, mixed with the performance nature of it all as well. It was chef's kiss. We were flying high, and we were supposed to go into what I had dubbed was a BOGO, a buy one, get one. I said, if you beat the Ravens, you got the Steelers as well. That's how important and big that's, that Ravens game was, a game that we never win in Baltimore Lamar Jackson actually starting and playing. We don't win those games. And they won them. And we're supposed to go in here this following week, revenge the Nick Chubb injury that happened against the Steelers last time, bring Mike Tomlin down another peg or two, and get them really worried about their situation in Pittsburgh. It was all coming together. Every bit of it was coming together. And now, instead, we got to talk about this. And I, I, I don't have a great answer for you guys. I really don't. I wish I did. I don't. You know, one time in life, my mom told me. My mom. Gee, I've referenced my mom a lot. I love my mom. And my mom one time told me after a breakup, she was like, you got one day. You get to have ice cream. You get to go ahead and have movies. You do whatever you want. You get one day to wallow in it. And then you got to come back up the next day, pick yourself up, get right back on that horse and get going. And I thought to myself at the time, that's dumb. That's, a dumb, that's dumb logic. I don't want to do that. I want to. I want to wallow. I want to. No, I want to sit in this one for a little bit. So I can't tell you, Browns fans, how to feel right now when it comes to Deshaun Watson. I can't tell you that on Friday, if you call me, I, I'm going to sit there and tell you, listen, man, I want to redo the Deshaun Watson thing. We don't have to talk about Deshaun Watson. I don't think I'm going to do that. You want to call in Friday? You want to call in Saturday? You want to call in three months from now and talk about Deshaun Watson? I've already gone through the five stages of grief. I've, I think it's five, right? Is it five or is it seven? Whatever the, the stages are. Boom, saying five. I got five. I haven't hit the acceptance part yet. I'm still hitting the uh, the other part where you're trying to, to make peace with it all. Maybe the anger stage is where I'm going to get to at this point in the show. I'll get to the anger. Maybe by uh, 12 o'clock, I'll get to the acceptance. But I can't tell you guys to simply talk about it for a day and then let's turn the page and then, uh, you know, have your ice cream, watch whatever movie you want to watch, and then get right back up on that horse. I can't tell you that. 
Right? We had it in the palm of our hands. Everything had been lined up for this year. And to watch it just get zapped the way that it is, it's soul crushing. And if you want to wallow in it, I'll be your Romeo. I'll let you wallow in it. You don't have to get over this one right away. Now, the good news in all of this, that you do have a great defense and you do have a run game right now that is playing out of its mind and you do have a team that should still, it's not a foregone conclusion they beat Pittsburgh in that BOGO offer I was selling earlier, but it's a pretty good chance that you can go into Pittsburgh and still show them a thing or two. So we're going to start with you guys, 216474 to below 92. How does the Deshaun Watson injury change your expectations for the season? I, you guys know how I think about it now. I want to hear what you think on Twitter, at JPeterlin, J-P-E-T-E-R-L-I-N. Twitter reactions, powered by our friends over there at Shop and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. We'll react to all your phone calls and more. Daryl Ryder at 9 o'clock, Fan Focus at 10. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatlin here with you on the fan. Just to, that scramble late in the game on a high ankle uh, was incredible. Now the throws that he was able to make, uh, especially the one on second down there to Amari, I think about difference in the game. So uh, incredible feat of toughness. That is Kevin Stefanski talking about Deshaun Watson, and he's right. Gutsy. You know what I was thinking about driving around today? I just kept thinking about how tough Deshaun Watson is after this news. I don't know if, if he's tough because... You know, LeVar Arrington and Brady Quinn called him a trust fund quarterback. I don't think that's the reason why all of a sudden he seems like the grittiest, gutsiest, toughest human in the world. But I, I don't know how else to explain it. When when he, he has the left ankle injury that he got the MRI on a Monday, turns out that his shoulder was so separated, doctors told him if he got hit one more time, the thing was going to fall apart. I, I, and he's still playing, and then he went 14 for 14 in the second half. I don't know what to call it. Maybe you'd call it stupid. But you, you certainly can't say he's not being tough about it. Now, may, maybe that's the other way to look at it. Maybe uh, LeVar Arrington and all these people that Brady Quinn, that called him a trust fund quarterback, maybe they hurt him in the long term. Because maybe the logical thing would have been to shut it down and not try to return as early as he did. But who's to say? Who's to say? You got the big time win. Again, second half. Got shot up and then he went out there and then he was awesome. It's just, I, I can't imagine. Knowing what we know now and how the injury went through and the fact that it was multiple, multiple injuries, that's a gamer. That's somebody that you want on your sideline. That's somebody that you you know you can go to battle with. I, I'm sorry. I, I've always known he's tough. We've all known he's tough, right? In Houston, hell, and, and Clemson. In Clemson, he played on, what, a puncture and lung and all sorts of other wild things. I know there was the report he did something similar in – in Houston, but he kind of debunked that. That one I always thought was kind of more myth than it was reality. I got I have proof I can back that up with, but you guys don't need five minutes of me talking about that scenario. Just know he's tough. It's always been tough. But this is this is another level. But I think it showcases how badly he wants it. How badly he wanted to be the bell of the NFL ball. Like, think about it. For three days, all people talked about was how Deshaun Watson has looked as good as he's ever looked. The Browns are a championship contender, and things were coming up everything for that man. Coming up everything for us in the process. But now we're back to square one. 216474 to below 92. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to lean on you guys tonight because there's only so many times that I can tell you that your house is on fire and there's no water in the area to put it out. DTR is a sprinkler. You're not putting it out with DTR. No disrespect to him. I hope he proves me wrong here, and he's got a chance to. It's the right decision by the Browns, by the way, since you don't want to know 
what I came up with to describe P.J. Walker in that scenario. Only so many times I can tell you your puppy died, though. You know what happened. It sucks. We can wallow in it, but I do feel like we're going to have to dust ourselves off, get ourselves ready for Pittsburgh at some point, but I understand the frustration tonight. There's no doubt about it. 216-474-0092. Chris going to lead us off here. Hello, Chris. JP, how you doing, man? Hey, Chris. How's it going? Uh, well, aside from the Browns news, pretty good. I, you know, um, Chris, when I asked it, I thought to myself, I'm like, I got to not ask people that tonight. I just got yeah. I know what that answer is going to be, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. And it's one of those things like you're in the middle of your work day and you're just like, oh my gosh, like this, this can't be happening. It's got to be fake. But I mean, I guess on to the next one. I mean, next man up, but I, you know, I, I, I'm okay with, with Stefanski's um, decision to go with DTR. I think he's more versatile. Um, I, but part of me is a little concerned because I just feel like P.J. Walker at least can be in the spotlight a little more. Like he just seemed more comfortable in the pocket. Granted, DTR got thrown into a Ravens game with his defense mm-hmm. earlier in the season. But like being able to scramble and get out of the pocket and maybe make some plays, I'm just really hoping that he's, he's got those jitters out and he's kind of ready to roll, but it just makes me nervous. Cause it's, you know, even last time, well, we don't change the game plan for Deshaun or DTR. And it's like, you got to plan for the guy's strengths. If we're going to have any chance of any more success during the season, the Steelers defense is no joke. We didn't lose to the Steelers offense last game. We lost to their defense. So that's the only thing I'm worried about. But I mean, the new, the news sucks, man. It's, it's tough, but, Next man up. I mean, there's nothing else we can do about it. Maybe bring back Gronk and Tom Brady and see if they're ready to give another go, but I don't know. A package but, deal. I like that one, Chris. Hey, hey, you have a great night, JP. I Thank appreciate you. it. You too. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned DTR. Well, well, we'll talk about DTR a little bit later. Hungry dogs run faster, right? And I believe that DTR is going to be as hungry as it gets to show that what you saw in that first game wasn't reality. Saw a quote from him earlier today. Mary Kay Cabot had at Cleveland.com. DTR talking about how what you what you saw before, it's going to be night and day, is what he said, and I believe it. He has been sitting back there thinking to himself, I am so much better than what they saw in that Baltimore game. I got two hours notice I was going to be in. And listen, is it is it entirely fair to use the excuse of two hours? Probably not. You knew Deshaun was questionable going into it. There's a lot that maybe he could have done a little bit differently. You know, if I get a call in the morning, and my boss tells me, hey, Nick Wilson's not feeling the greatest today or Dustin's not feeling the greatest today. We might need you out there, afternoon drive. Am I just going to sit back and be like, well, if it happens, it happens, and then then we'll, we'll go from there? No, no, I'm probably getting things ready to go right away. You know, I, I do tend to think there's only so much you can do in that scenario, and it will be better when he's got more time and more reps. But I also think I, I can't fall solely back on the excuse that he gave there. I think the bigger reason is that Baltimore is one of the best defenses in the NFL. That's a bigger reason for me. He'll have a better chance against Pittsburgh, but I think he'll also have a better chance against Pittsburgh because, and the Browns will, because P.J. Walker, P.J. Walker was Leroy Jenkins. You guys remember what, you know, you know, Leroy Jenkins. Dude just goes, does his own thing. Everyone's like, hey, we got a script, we got a plan. Leroy Jenkins. Like, no, like, you can't, no, you have to calm this down. You have to, that's P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker just throws all sorts of passes all across the field at any given point. You can't do that against Pittsburgh. You need someone like DTR that's going to have a better mindset to it all and not be so flippant. 216474 to below 92. I don't got to ask how this guy's and uh, this next guy's doing. We know how he's doing. He's Angry Tom. He's in LA. He's next up on the fan. Hello, Angry Tom. Hey, Jonathan. How are you? 
Listen, yeah, uh, just listening to all this talk today, you know, about Deshaun, you know, just you know, getting hurt, the season's over. Let me tell you, the guy's an average quarterback at best. Here's what I mean by this. He had one good half of football since he's joined the Browns, which was the second half last week. Everybody was saying, oh, my God, his other two best games are Tennessee and Arizona. Seriously, those guys are losing records. I mean, they played against a one in seven team, and they're praising Deshaun like, you know, like this. Has three games. Five touchdowns and one interception, 68% completion percentage. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but, you know, a one in seven team. Anyhow, listen, you know, DTR's got nine games under his belt now. And like you just said, I agree with you wholeheartedly that he was thrown into the mix with a two-hour notice. I think he comes out and plays really well. But I think people need to get off the Deshaun bandwagon that this guy, you know, the season's over. I, I think it's – there's a difference there, and I'll, I'll elaborate on it. And thank you, Angry Tom. I appreciate you. Very calm for a guy named Angry Tom, if I'm being honest about it. That's a very measured, calm take for an Angry Tom. I think it's more about the fact that it's not the season is over. You know, when you start off 6-3, and three, you still have a chance to make it to the postseason. It just we're more like Miami was last year with Skyler Thompson in there when Tua got injured than we are Joe Burrow with the healthy Bengals team. You know what I mean? I, I, Deshaun, it wasn't that Deshaun was so awesome in the previous three games that he figured it out and everything was solved and everything was going to be great moving forward. It wasn't really what I believe a lot of fans were trying to recognize. I had Cameron Justice on last night. Go back and listen to it. It might be a little useless now except for the one thing I'm going to tell you. Uh, but Cameron was like, in the moment, like, Deshaun has been fine. He's been good, but he's got to be more consistent. And it's like, that was the right assessment of this. He still had a long way to go, but you know that you you got a high ceiling if Deshaun Watson's on your team. You have places you can go if Deshaun Watson is on your team because you know he's got the potential to be a top five quarterback. DTR? No disrespect to DTR because now I'm going to have to rely on him and I'm going to have to find ways to prop him up as much as I possibly can. But how many rookie fifth-round picks do you see end up having top-five quarterback potential? Like there's, a, there's a ceiling there that just isn't anywhere close to the ceiling that Deshaun Watson had. We'll get some more to DTR later. 216-474-092. How does the Deshaun injury change your expectations for this season? Josh up next. Hello, Josh. Good evening, Jonathan. So my expectations for the season is I think we'll have a – hopefully we'll come out and we'll at least make it to a playoff game or a divisional final. That would be great. I think the biggest struggle that we're going to face with the juggle of quarterback is Kevin Stefanski's I want to show you every trick in the rabbit in the hat to make a game go by. If we can limit that, I believe that we should have a chance to make something out of the rest of our season. I think that's the biggest factor right now is he wants to be tricky with everything, and we just need to run the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, hey, Josh, I listen, and I appreciate you as always. I, I don't think they're going to just run the damn ball only because it's just not in Stefanski's DNA. You know, you, you can't teach someone to be something that they're not. Stefanski is the guy that always wants to go through the air. He wants to be a quarterback's coach. He doesn't want to be the running back's coach. He wants to be the quarterback's coach. He wants to be the guy that wins through the air. He wants to be the guy that wins with the pass game that all the people, all the pundits can say, oh, wow, really schemed up that one great. You know what happens when Jerome Ford breaks off like a 70-yard run? 
Brian Baldinger gets out his little telestrator and is like, see how the offensive line opened up the holes here and they did this and they did that. And, oh, Bill Callahan, what a great play call that was. That was awesome on their behalf. Callahan's a genius. Uh, more pancakes from Wyatt Teller. Enough pancakes to open up an IHOP. And like that, they just keep going down that rhetoric, right? Stefanski gets the credit when you do it through the passing game. And Stefanski knows this. He knows it. I'm not saying he needs the credit. I'm just saying this is what he is specialized in for the entirety of him being an offensive coordinator in Minnesota and him being here. And if anything, this plays into the hand of Kevin Stefanski because Stefanski is, if he's got one superpower, I've said this a million times, I think he's Kyle Shanahan Jr., okay? The the, the dollar store version, whatever insult you want to give that is like a step below Kyle Shanahan because he's not Kyle Shanahan, so it's not really an insult. Kyle Shanahan's amazing, but what Kyle Shanahan's amazing at is getting guys like Jimmy Garoppolo to look awesome. How does Jimmy Garoppolo look in a Raiders uniform? Garbage. Absolute garbage. Uh, Maybe the Las Vegas Strip plays into that a little bit too much. I don't know. Maybe that that big sphere ball is just getting in his eyes too much every time he throws. I don't know what to say. He's not good. He can't play. He can't throw. The dude can't play, Stephen A. Smith. This is what he does. Brock Purdy, this is what he does. Move it to Kevin Stefanski. This is what Stefanski does. He gets bad quarterbacks to be good. And that's the so that's the, the puzzling part of P.J. Walker, but it's also the part of P.J. Walker as to why they couldn't go back to P.J. Walker. Because P.J. Walker, although he went 2-1, and one, was the first time I've seen Kevin Stefanski have a less-than quarterback and not be able to get the most out of him. He got the most out of Case Keenum. He got the most out of Jacoby Brissett. He got the most out of Baker. He got the most out of... Go down the list. Go down the list. This is what he does. So I don't think it actually plays against Stefanski and what he wants to do. Do I think he'll get in his bag? Yes. Yes. He can't help himself. He loves getting in that bag of his. But I don't think it's a bad thing either. 216-474-0092. Nick up next. Hello, Nick. Hey, Duncan, how are you tonight? Hey, Nick, what's up, man? Hey, I, I think I think we're kind of forgetting a little bit here that CTR may have a little bit of an advantage. And what, the reason I say that is is because the Steelers only have film on him of the preseason. And when we all know, whenever he played in the preseason, it was against like the third and the fourth string guys. So they really can't go by that. Well, and based off of what Kenny Pickett did in the preseason, uh, they really don't want to take any preseason into consideration because Pickett was awesome, and now he's not been awesome. Right, exactly, and you have to throw the Baltimore game out the window because that wasn't really what that was a fluke in my opinion. So they really, as a team, really don't have anything to go on him with. So they're going to be kind of be seeing him for the first time, like anyone else is going to be seeing him for the first time. So if Kevin knows that, he can probably use that to their advantage. Yeah, and I, Nick, I appreciate you as always, man. I'm not worried about. I, I'm thinking that there's multiple conversations that can be had at the same time, right? Like I'm not worried about necessarily Pittsburgh as a whole. The part of the Deshaun Watson injury that that sucks and is just a a complete draining of your soul is that in the totality, that's where you then have to limit your expectations. This defense and this run game is so good, and I think DTR will be manageable enough, and if he isn't, we'll find somebody that is, where you should be able to beat teams like Pittsburgh. You are in games against teams like Denver. Rams, you should still be favored to win that game. A lot that you should still be able to do and accomplish in the regular season. The part that sucks is you're limiting yourself now in the postseason. Your ceiling for the regular season 
still probably the same as what it was just a few weeks ago, all things considered. It's honestly, it's a sur- it's a surreal day is what it is. I hate to put it that way because it makes it seem, you know, I'm always the guy that's like, hey, it's sports. I love sports. Sports is my life in a lot of ways. I take in so much sports. I talk about sports five hours a night, but I'm also the first person to be like, let's not take this so seriously. But something like this is just such a kick to the chandelier that I just feel I just feel awful for everybody involved. There's no other way to put it. I feel awful for you, the Browns fan. I feel awful for myself. I feel awful for all the conversations we now have to have over the next 10 months about how injured is he? Is the dude made of glass all of a sudden? Can he come back the way that he was? What does this mean for Stefanski? On and on the list goes, and we'll get to all those and we'll unpack them, but it would have been so much easier and so much nicer to just have Deshaun Watson be great and have this Browns team be great and get a chance to actually live up to some of the expectations that we'd only been building for them for 24 hours and then be able to go from there. And I don't know, have an offseason where we're discussing, all right, the little tweaks we got to make in order to get better, like getting a wide receiver to go alongside Amari Cooper, something like that, as opposed to, what do we have in this offense? What do we? What, what can we do with Deshaun? 40% of his contract is now up through the five-year deal. 40% of it, and we all have seen a collective nada. And that's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And especially since so many people were just right there on the cutting edge of breaking through and buying into everything that everybody was doing. If you lived in the shadows, your day was now. You were coming out. And you were, you were embracing the idea of Stefanski and Watson and everything that they were building with this championship defense. And now you got to go back into the bushes like you're Homer Simpson. And it's just, it's infuriating. It is so frustrating for so many different reasons. 216474 to below 92. I felt like in the first couple segments, I put it much more eloquently than I did right there. That was more angry. Maybe I'm working through my five stages. Maybe I just hit the anger stage. I, now, it would help if I looked up the five stages so I could do them in order, the prompt order, but I know the last one, I believe, is acceptance, right? Get me to acceptance. That's what I need to do, and when we get me to acceptance and get you guys to acceptance, maybe we can move forward and start talking about Pittsburgh, but right now, we got some wounds we got to heal still, and I'm not going to do the dating advice my mom gave to me as a child, which is you get one day, eat your ice cream. Watch your sappy movie, whatever you need to do, and get back on the horse the next day. I'm not going to do that to you guys. You want to wallow in it, you get to wallow in it. Because our ceiling got zapped today. And I can't put lipstick on that pig. I can't make you feel good about that. I understand people that are trying to make you feel good about it. I understand what they want to do. I want I want the glass half full approach as well. And we will get there. I promise you we will. This defense, this run game, it's all been too good to not look at it in a positive light at the end of it. But... We're closer to Skylar Thompson in Miami last year than we are to Bengals, Chiefs, Ravens, the really good teams. And that's what makes it so upsetting. 216-474-0092. Rob up next on the fan. Hello, Rob. Jonathan, how are you? Hey, Rob. How's it going, man? Okay. So a few minutes ago, you were talking about how you didn't think DTR was a high-caliber quarterback just because of his draft pick. No, I, that's not it. I just You just don't see rookie fifth-round picks come into the league and light it up right away. That's what that is. True, true. You, you barely okay. see first number one overall but, picks light up the way and come in and do it, but, you know, C.J. Stroud does exist. That's true, man, because we all know about one quarterback that was the 199th pick, and he works out pretty good for some people. So I just think we got to give him a chance. 
Okay, but you know what you just said, Rob. You know what you just said. You're you're making DTR Tom Brady. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it can't happen. I didn't happen. say it was Tom Brady. It's got to be. Saying. It's a once every twenty five year thing for it to happen, though, and that's that. I think has got to be the main point. Maybe we All maybe I'm we hit that Powerball number, Rob. I hope we do, but that's a that's a long shot. All I'm saying is DTR was picked 59 picks better than Tom Brady. We <laughs> haven't seen a, a, a sample size big enough. Okay? Okay, And who right. knows? Maybe maybe DTR stands for diamond in the rough. You never know, Oh, man. no, that's fun. Rob, I, right. I love you as a person. I need you to know that. I completely Go disagree Browns, with man. that, but I, I love you as a All person. Right. Thank you. That is that is fantastic. Diamond in the rough is great. I can see the I can see the homage T-shirts a mile away. Diamond in the Rough needs to happen if he's awesome. The other part of this though is, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying you need a quarterback to be somebody that is a once every 25 years guy to be that. That's what you need. You want to bet? You want to bet on that? It would be highly unlikely, all things considered. Tom Brady did make the Pro Bowl 2001, by the way. Just need to put that out there in case you forgot. 216474 to below 92. That was the very first year that he won uh, the first of his seven titles, as we all know. Maybe that's DTR's future. Maybe DTR can have, uh, after a 6-3 a and three start for the Browns, he comes on in, makes the Pro Bowl, and this is just the start of everything. Now, ooh, I don't want to do this to you guys. I'm not going to do this to you guys yet. We're not doing this. I'm not doing the, what would they do with Deshaun Watson if DTR looks as good as Tom Brady did his rookie year? We're not doing that. What stage of grief is delusion? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's the one that that guy's living in. That's for sure. 216-474-0092. Art, up next on the fan. Hello, Art. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Hey, Art. What's up, man? So as far as expectations for the Browns for us this season, I don't think they change too much in my opinion. I think... They still probably make the playoffs, maybe win a game if they're lucky. Uh, I don't know how much of a difference with Deshaun, because let's be honest, he hasn't lived up to expectations, right? I think that's fair. I think. Yeah, but didn't you think he was turning the corner, though, a little bit, Art? I think that's the devastating part to me. I do. I do. But I think also now that he's injured, it's like one step forward, two steps back. That's what Ross Tucker thought earlier. Yeah. We're we're starting all over from the beginning. I think bigger question is long-term big picture down the road about his uh, legacy in Cleveland and how people are going to look at that. Cause I think years from now, the critics are going to say this is one of the worst signings ever because he paid all this money and he was injured most of the time or whatever. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I just think that's, that's the sad part is it's now looking like it's uh, it wasn't worth it, but and that's I, my yeah. opinion. I'm going to hang up. I want okay. to hear your thoughts on that. Thank you, Art. I appreciate you, man. Again, we're 40% through this deal. Uh, I mean, we're not officially 40%, but by the end of the year, we'll be 40% through. As far as Deshaun Watson is concerned, we're 40% through, and you've got nothing for it. I can't I can't argue with you guys on that. You know, I was, I was going through all the different trades with a little bit older quarterbacks, but all the trades that happened – you know, Tom Brady goes to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning goes to Denver, wins a Super Bowl. And all these people want to bring up different stories like that and then tell you, yeah, but look at right now, Tampa Bay's got uh, the, the most cap money they spend this season. $35 million on Tom Brady. Was it worth it? Like, yeah. Have a Lombardi at the end of it. Of course it was worth it. 
But the point is you usually get more out of the beginning portions of these deals. I don't know that we ever thought that with Deshaun, that the beginning was going to be awesome, but this year was supposed to be awesome, and then we're off to the races. That's what makes it sad. A lot of it makes it sad, but that that in particular. Jason up next in the fan. Hello, Jason. Jason. Hello. Hey, what's up, how are you, Jonathan? Hey, what's up? Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, loud and clear. All right, hey, yeah, so I think uh, DTR is TBD. You know, I heard the other caller make uh, make the reference to Tom Brady, but I was going to go with Brock Purdy, right? Like, um, you know, it's easy to throw in the towel and say, okay, with Deshaun Watson, but I think Browns fans, you know, always looking for the other shooter draft. I mean, I like to look at it from the other perspective. Like, let's be optimistic. We have a we have a, a, a solid team, call it 90% of the way there, minus our quarterback situation, which has been in flux all year. But, hey, we're still in the hunt for the playoffs. And this DTR young fella was was getting everybody love in the preseason and yeah he had a, an unfortunate um baptism by fire in the baltimore game but i bet you if it was anybody else it wouldn't have thrown in that situation they also would have struggled so i'd like to like to keep optimism i think we can still get there uh, I'll hang up and uh, hear your thoughts on my comments. All right, thank you, Jason. Thanks. I appreciate you, man. And, yeah, Brock Purdy, for instance, started the first, what, eight games of his career and didn't lose. He went to the NFC title game, got injured, and that was the first loss. But he didn't go a regular season loss for at least the first eight. And he was he led the league in passer rating last year. There's a lot there. I just the, – the bet you're making there, the bet you'd be making with DTR, I'm just – I'm surprised. There's so much confidence in DTR. I, I like DTR. I can't attach myself to DTR and putting Tom Brady in the same sentence. I just I can't do that, guys. I, I understand what you're doing. I I can't. I'd love it if it happens. If it happens, I'll be over the moon. I'm desperate, okay? I'm desperate for anything, but let's see what Daryl Ryder thinks about this. Daryl Ryder, our Browns Insider. If you're hanging, I got you at 920, I promise you. Daryl Ryder joins us at 9 o'clock every Wednesday, so he's going to join us next. No doubt about that one. For the latest on Deshaun and the latest what he's hearing around DTR getting the start against Pittsburgh as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatle here with you on The Fan.